Hey, thanks for joining us on Chiefly Football. We're happy to have you here. We'll be wrapping up week six. Ken Lockett State will take you through the games, give their input and observation. Look forward to hearing any comments that you have. The only game that we won't be covering was Monday afternoon's Bills Chiefs game, which we'll be doing on a separate podcast specifically devoted to the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, Thanks for stopping by. Enjoy the show. Pass is picked. Intercepted back the other way. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Intercepted by Jamel Dean. With few exceptions, the Packers have taken the play clock down to about one. Here's one broken up. Another pick. Deflected and back is Mike Edwards just into the ball game. And he is down at the two. Took a 10-point lead in the first quarter. It was all Buccaneers after that, scoring 28 second quarter points and a total of 38 unanswered points. Final score, 38-10. to 10. Bucks defense sacked Rodgers four times and held him to 160 yards passing. Quarterback rating, 35.4. It was a dismal day for Rodgers by a relentless Tampa defense with Indomitian Sioux and company getting nasty. Packers had not had a turnover all season, before Rodgers threw a pick six, returned by Jamel Dean. Two offensive plays later, Rodgers' pass was deflected and returned to the two. All right, so this game did not go the way I had anticipated. I don't know or how... Really, anyone had anticipated, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that the way the Packers had been playing offensively and defensively, that they were really going to take it to Tampa Bay. I, I saw a similar score... And my crystal ball, but I had it kind of flipped the other way <laughs> with the Packers blowing out Tampa. But um, yeah, Rodgers, he just had a tough time. He threw two interceptions and back-to-back drives. And one of them was off the receiver's hands, so I won't put that blame on him completely. But the second one, I'm sorry, it's backwards. The first one was definitely his fault, the pick six that he threw. Um then the second one was off the receiver's hands. That wasn't totally his fault. Well, I mean, I think even in the second one where I think the defensive back made just a good play on it as well and was able to hit it out. Right. Yeah, and and regardless of whether those were his fault or not, he still wasn't able to to get their offense going. And that was with – yeah, and that was with Devontae Adams coming back for the first time since week one. He seemed like he was struggling to kind of get back in the groove of things and trying to find find their connection again. Um, and their defense got gashed by by Tampa's offense. I'm with you. I I was expecting this to kind of be a lopsided victory for the for the Packers. Brady got to hand it to him. Father Time is not really fighting him too hard this year. I mean, he looked like a great game manager. Gronk scored his touchdown, so it looks like he's shaking off the rust a little bit. Yeah, I, I honestly I was just shocked that that the Packers were not able to get anything started offensively. I know that the, the Buccaneers have had a pretty solid defense all year, but I really expected in the NFC, the Packers and the, and the Seahawks are really the two standout uh, teams to, to, to make it, you know, to go pretty deep in the, in the playoffs. And, and the, the Packers with their offense, I was really expecting them to do more against Tampa Bay, but yeah, I mean, it was just a shocker to me as it was to you that, that they weren't able to do anything. Yeah. And Rogers, Aaron Rodgers came into this game with as the only quarterback to not throw an interception 
and he threw two. Um, didn't have a touchdown pass. Not a good game from him. And then on the other side, like you said, I like the the backhand compliment you gave Tom Brady, where uh, Father Time hasn't really affected him too much, but he's a game manager now. <laughs> so still not he's not an elite quarterback anymore. Um, hey, but he's he's getting those W's against the Packers against powerhouses. So yeah, yeah, and it's a huge help for Tampa Bay when Ronald Jones. And their run game is is as effective as it's been. Um, that was his third Ronald Jones. This was his third consecutive game with over 100 yards rushing. When you have the weapons that Tom Brady does in the passing game, with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and potentially Antonio Brown, maybe two weeks we'll see. You know he's surrounded by talent, and that he's still got the brains and he's still got the arm really to distribute the ball to playmakers around him. A matter of keeping him protected, which they've done a pretty good job of. Wow, what a fantastic game in Nashville. Deshaun Watson and overlooked Ryan Tannehill moved their offenses up and down the field. Watson was 28 of 37, 335 yards, and four touchdowns. Tannehill, 30 of 41, 364 yards, also four touchdowns, although he did give up a pick. The difference maker in the Titans' 42 to 36 overtime win, the beast Derrick Henry. 212 yards rushing on 22 carries, including a 94-yard run. He also added a 53-yard catch and run. If you haven't seen it, check out the highlight. He is running away from defensive backs who had angles. So the Titans are 5-0 for the second time in franchise history. Coming from last, from last year, they're making the playoffs, knocking the Ravens out with an early exit. We all kind of expected the Titans to be to be a team that could could, could go far this year, and and they've shown it with their undefeated record. Tannehill had an had a phenomenal last half of the season last year. He start he's come off to kind of a slow start, but being able to mount comebacks in a game is, is a big deciding factor. And if a playoff team, if a team is worthy of a playoff spot, and and the Titans have, did that this week against the Texans. Yeah, this is a really fun game to watch. So if any of you haven't had a chance to. To watch this game or see the highlights of it, I highly recommend it. Went to overtime. It was a really fun game to watch. Big game for the Titans because they beat their division foe in the Texans and basically put a dagger in them. Now it's basically between the Titans and the Colts for the AFC South division. Derrick Henry, who had 212 rushing yards and a touchdown. Unfortunately, they got some some injury news the Titans did, and they're going to have they're gonna be missing offensive tackle Taylor Lewan for the rest of the season because of a torn ACL. A good day for the Titans. That's going to be a loss that they're going to feel for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. Taylor Lewan has always been uh, one of the foundational pieces in, in the tech, in the Titans offense. I, I've always liked his attitude. Sometimes I think he takes things a little bit too far, but one thing I always admire about him is that he's there to defend his quarterback and he'll he'll get in your face if he thinks that you're treating his quarterback incorrectly. So the, the Titans are definitely going to feel it, but I, you know, I hope that they're able to push through and, and continue the progress that they're making this year. And so for any of you guys out there who are locked in on the interim coaches, that is the first loss for Romeo Cornell following, or is that, is that a second loss? I don't know. Point is he hasn't won a game since taking over as the head job for Bill O'Brien. Things aren't looking good for replacement coaches up to this point. They did put 36 on the board, which is, it's good. I mean, <laughs> you can ask your defense to do a little bit better than that. Yeah, and Romeo Cornell's their, like, defensive coach, so. <laughs> well, he needs to fire himself. <laughs> 
don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody to get fired, but that's, I like Romeo Cornell. Yeah, I like when he's on other teams too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't do so well with the Chiefs. Out of the gun on third down, he's intercepted! And it's an open field straight ahead for the run back and the touchdown, and it's Mika Fitzpatrick. Steelers knock off Browns 38-7. Roethlisberger's back. The division is between the Steelers and Ravens. So this is a game that a lot of people had pegged for uh, the game of the week. I never would have thought that the Browns and the Steelers would have been... Uh, I mean, but this is a game that, that I thought was going to be was going to be a pretty good one as well with, with the way that the Cleveland has been running the ball and the Pittsburgh having such a, such a stout defense. But it, it really was just a lopsided victory. I mean, Baker Mayfield just... Baker Mayfield not really doing anything, you know, two interceptions and four turnovers on downs for for Cleveland, so not really getting getting anything started on their offense. I have I had, I had James Conner on my fantasy team, so I'm super happy he went off because Kamara and Josh Jacobs had a bye this week, so I really needed Conner to, to step up in a place, and he did. So thank you for that hundred yards and and touchdown, Conner. If you can hear me, thank you. Yes, I'm I'm sure he's listening. He's he's definitely plugged into Chiefly football. Hey, we have yeah, a fifth was... string. We have a fifth string running back spot open if you want it. <laughs> yeah, this is this definitely was a disappointment with all the hype that it was getting. I don't think it's entirely unexpected. The Browns played have played well this season against teams that have continued to struggle before and after playing the Browns. They played Pittsburgh and Ravens and Baltimore Ravens, who have owned them for the past decade or so. So not not really a surprise. You kind of talked about it. This was a dangerous Browns rushing attack going against probably the best defensive front in the NFL. It was just going to be interesting to see who who won between the in that battle of the trenches and and Pittsburgh definitely definitely do, dominated that both sides of the ball really in the, in the trenches. Miles Garrett um, wasn't really a big factor. Steelers made made sure that they were double teaming them when double teaming him when when they could. Pittsburgh controlled this game, offense and defense, throughout the entire game. And, and like you said, Mayfield really struggled. We saw Case Keenum come in the game after Mayfield's left with his, his alleged injury. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I'm not sure if it's physical or mental yet. I'm sure it's mental. Yeah, I don't know. They might need to do some sort of tie rod treatment <laughs> 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 to uh, ensure that he does not return to the game. But um, yeah. Tough loss for tough loss for the Browns. The, the Steelers being one of three undefeated teams at five and zero. The Ravens just behind them at five and one, and the Browns in third place at four and two. It's possible that we'll get three teams from the AFC North into the playoffs this year with that seventh seed. Yeah, and um, obviously another big loss for the, or a big loss for the Steelers is Devin Bush with their their young line, their young linebacker rising star towards ACL, but prayers up for him. Hopefully he comes back stronger and better than, than ever when he does come back. Six in the secondary for the Pats. Lock. And he throws. Intercepted. There's the turnover. Picked off here by Jackson with an entourage and pushed out of bounds by Freeman. That's the big defensive play the Patriots are looking for. Yes, you'd like to get the... First and ten. Lock. Drilled as he throws downfield and intercepted. It's picked off on the play by Jones. Two consecutive interceptions thrown by Locke. Yeah, talk about a snooze fest most of the game. Patriots, Broncos got exciting towards the end. But you had to sit through seven field goals, six from Brandon McManus and one from Nick Folds, before Cam Newton single-handedly tried to bring New England back. Okay, he did have help from Drew Locke, who threw back-to-back 
interceptions late in the fourth quarter, doing his best to help the Patriots, but it wasn't enough. Patriots offense is so inept, it couldn't close the deal. Let's be honest, not good football being played in Denver or New England. As someone who's not the biggest fan of New England, as I'm sure most of the NFL uh, can relate to that, Cam Newton just made me so happy. This was just a, a phenomenal game to watch. I really didn't care who won because both teams didn't deserve to win. I don't know how, if you, if you told me last year the Broncos are going to beat the Patriots purely with field goals, I wouldn't believe you. I mean, well, Tom Brady wasn't that hot last year anyways. It, it's just amazing that having, I think he's a 2015 MVP as your quarterback, neither of, the, neither of the quarterbacks reached 200 yards, both threw two interceptions. I mean, it was, it, was, it was not a good game. Watching the game, I couldn't decide who I wanted to win. I think they both deserve to I think I think you just give them both an L for for the way that they played. Yeah, this reminds me of the 2017 playoff game that the Chiefs had against the Steelers, and they lost when the Steelers just kicked nothing but field goals. Did they score 18 or 21? Denver. I don't remember the Steelers. Let's not talk about that. We we only talk about happy Chiefs things here, sir. Yeah, that was on my birthday. So I, I still have uh, bad feelings about that. But yeah, this was. <laughs> This was a rough game to watch, and I was I was excited to see Drew Locke back in the lineup. A fellow Lee Summit resident, yeah, he did not play well <laughs> in his first game back from his AC and injury. It didn't really matter, and this was the the first win for the Broncos in New England since 2006. Both quarterbacks played really bad. One kicker was just better than the other, <laughs> and that was the difference this week. We really don't have to worry about the AFC anymore, <laughs> and I know that. You know, there's some Broncos fans out there, out there that are saying that Drew Locke, you know, had some of the wide receivers were dropping things. I know that I saw that first name, but Patrick dropped a, a beautiful throw by Andrew Locke. Probably would have, if not scored a touchdown, he probably he would have gone down to the two to the two or the one. Carolina hit right off his arm. Uh, Stephon Gilmore missed the missed the ball when he was going up for it. So, I mean, I, obviously, I know that wide receivers came fell up short as well. But you you got to keep giving them opportunities and, and wait for them to catch it. I guess. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And Tim Patrick's he's been pretty solid all year. He, he's a rookie, um, and they have other weapons too. I mean, obviously, they're missing Cortland Sutton, but. I think Drew Locke coming into the NFL, people knew that he was going to be a project and, and he's kind of shown that at this point. He missed a couple of weeks with that injury and so he'll be able to figure it out. I'm excited to see what he can do. Like Marcus always says, I, I, I want to see the AFC West competitive and I think Drew Locke is one of those quarterbacks who has all the raw tools where he kind of has like that gunslinger mentality and I think it could be really fun if he kind of figures it out mentally to to see him and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert go back and forth for the next couple of years yeah I agree I mean this could it, it, it'll definitely be, be fun to watch especially with the Raiders getting um rugs and things being able to kind of stretch on the field I think this could this division could be a fun one to to keep an eye on Wentz trying to push the pile did he get there yes he did Touchdown, Eagles. Shotgun. Going for two. Wentz cannot get there. It looked like an option play. Eagles scored 22 fourth quarter points, but a clumsy two-point conversion attempt by Wentz sliding into his running back was pretty anticlimactic. It is noted, though, the Eagles went for two points four times with a 50% success rate. By the fourth time, they probably had run out of design two-point plays. Ravens hold on to win 30-28. to Well, <laughs> I don't want to say this was a good game because the score looks closer than it felt. Baltimore was pretty much in control for the entire game, and then Carson Wentz kind of willed his way, although he didn't play well in the first half. He, 
he had a good second half and got pretty close to tying this game up. They actually just fell short because of a, a failed two-point conversion towards the, at the end of the game. Another another rough game for Wentz against the Ravens. I know that Wentz is taking a lot of heat right now with the way that he's been performing. There's only two original starters that are still like playing that haven't been affected by injury or anything this year. And so with him being able to even keep up with Baltimore and to keep them in that game, obviously he had a terrible first half, but to ha- you know kind of will them back into the game and almost taking it onto overtime, I mean, I have to give him props for that. I mean, obviously I hope that the, all the injuries, you know, those injured players are able to come back and they're able to, to fight with full health. Hats off to Carson Wentz for being able to, to keep him in the game with the conditions that he had. Yeah, and I think the Eagles lost Zach Ertz in this game, and I want to say Miles Sanders Yeah, Miles well. Sanders is hurt. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about Ertz, but yeah, I know that Miles Sanders I think he has a high ankle sprain or something like that. Yeah. So, and I, I saw that Ertz is going to be out for a couple weeks too. So, that's mm-hmm. definitely not looking good when Wentz is already struggling to find playmakers to get the ball to. I can't name a single wide receiver on the Eagles team. I only know I only knew Aglor was on that team because the because the, the, the Eagles fans hated him. Yeah. And now he, yeah. Well, and and now he's doing well in 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 Vegas. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they've had Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffries, but they've been hurt for so long that... They don't even know what it's like to play football anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But as far as the Ravens go, their defense looks solid. They obviously caused a lot of problems for Carson Wentz. The Eagles couldn't really get a run game going for most of the game. And then Lamar Jackson, for the most part, he he still kind of struggled to throw the ball. He did have a really nice touchdown pass, I would call Mahomes-esque, but he did run the ball really well really well so and and that's why the the Ravens offense was was so good in this game he had several highlight plays with his legs and that was that comes a week after being held to three rushing yards three rushing yards against the Bengals last week so he definitely came out with something to prove I thought he did a really good job he's gonna have to start figuring out how to throw the football as a quarterback in the NFL if he wants to win playoff games exactly and for those of you who are wondering Mark Ingram did suffer an ankle sprain but um, John Harbaugh says he is day-to-day. So um, for you Ravens fans, hopefully he's able to get back for next week. Yeah, I just cut him from my fantasy team. So Pick up J.K. Dobbins if you can. I'm sure he'll he'll carry a little bit more yeah, of a load. He had some good runs. Shy, Ford on a fourth and two. And they do. And the pass is caught and on the run. It's Kittle off to the races for the touchdown. Great coaching job by Kyle Shanahan out west. 49ers climb back into the NFC hunt with a 24-16 win over the 4-2 Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo bounces back after getting pulled last week, throwing three touchdowns against the Rams. I'm starting to come around on the Rams' new logo and color combo. But those gradient number, they look like they were stolen from the Gap store circa 1981. So yeah, the, the, the 49ers are definitely looking healthier. Debo Samuel coming back. Jimmy Garoppolo, he came back last week, but after throwing two interceptions, he got hurt again. <laughs> so they, they took him out. I mean, yeah, they, may, they might have rushed him back. Um, this, year, this week, he looked a little bit better. George Kittle uh, stepped back into his role as, as a dominant tight end in this league. Just a, just a great overall... Um, performance by them obviously they they play each other twice a year so they kind of they kind of know how 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 the other team runs their offense and so you could tell that they were pretty familiar with the opposing team uh which which always makes it more fun to watch i think just because it's a little bit more of a chess a chess match when you're when you're playing opponents that that you know well because you kind of want to shake things up a little bit yeah that's a good point and you have division foes like this i think it usually lends to better defensive play just because they know exactly what to expect. It's like playing your your own team. 
basically, like in practice, where you kind of know what to expect. And especially when both of these offenses are very, very similar. They both come from that Mike Shanahan offensive zone run. And both Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan were together in, in Washington with Mike Shanahan. So both run pretty much the same offense. And, and like you said, it's just some of the wrinkles that the coaches throw in on offense that kind of gives them the advantage. And, and that was Kyle Shanahan this week. Debo Samuel didn't necessarily have a great game catching the ball, but he had some really nice runs on some jet sweeps and things like that, that to me, I think really turned the tide for the 49ers. And I thought it was interesting that the 49ers are the only team in the NFL this season to not have a wide receiver go over 75 yards in a game. And I mean, their offense really is, is a run first offense with some play action. And Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt two weeks ago and was essentially hurt last week too, but still kind of surprising that such a good offense with such a great play caller in Kyle Shanahan hasn't really been able to get a lot of production out of any one wide receiver. Or I guess you could see it as them just spreading the ball around to several different receivers and being effective that way. As, as 49ers fans, they've been struggling with injuries. I think they're probably one of the most impacted teams with injuries this year with Bosa and, and Ford and, and on their defensive side. But Kittle was hurt earlier, Garoppolo, as you said. And now when they kind of feel like their offense is getting back into the groove, Moster gets hurt, and he's, he's headed to the IR with an, with an ankle injury. So obviously they still have some, some running backs back there that can help produce. And I think with, with the injuries that's going on, they'll have to start leaning on Garoppolo maybe a little bit more. And I think, I think in the next few upcoming games, I think you'll start to see them throw a little bit more, especially with Debo Samuel back and, and being able to have his, his athleticism and his, his versatility on the field will help him out a little bit. It's Patrick over the middle, wide open is Shaheen, streaking towards the end zone, and he's caught from behind. Brian Poole saved the touchdown, but Adam Shaheen was wide open. Gaskins the running back. It's Patrick looking right, throws right, wide open, touchdown. Durham Smythe, and that's his first NFL touchdown. And a big ovation as Tua Tungabailoa tracks on the field for the first time. Anyone in this building, but it's still loud. Even Fitz is leading the ovation. Don't you think the Dolphins got to be the sweetheart team of 2020? They previously tanked, although everyone they traded seems to be succeeding elsewhere. Tannehill, Mosert, Minka Kelly. They have a starting quarterback almost as old as me and who's played on more teams than Brian McManus kicked field goals on Sunday. Tua got his first NFL action. Joe Flacco started for the Jets. How much longer will Adam Gase be there? Jets shut out 24 to nothing. What an ugly game. I mean, this reminded me of my fourth grade yearbook picture. There was nothing good going for me. I don't know why my mom let me go with a sweater vest that sweater vest was ugly i had a shaved head i had no girlfriend that year is the bottom line and i'm surprised that the jets have cheerleaders because they don't deserve it yeah i think their their cheerleaders are probably going to get cut soon because they're not doing their job uh, especially with no fans in the stands doing a better job than adam gates is doing <laughs> yeah i don't understand how he still has a job it's long past due i feel bad for jets fans the incompetence of ownership right now and their refusal to kind of give up and let let go of Adam Gase. You can't do that to your fans. And I don't blame any Jets fans who are just tuning out right now. And that's a pretty big city. A lot of fans who 
not be watching this product, but can't blame him at this point. Jets being the only win this team up to this point is a great achievement for them, especially getting shut out by the Dolphins. And last week when Le'Veon, when there was news that Le'Veon Bell uh, was either deciding to go to the Bills, the Dolphins, or the Chiefs, and that those were the next three opponents for the Jets, I just kept seeing Jets fans say, oh, I hope that he goes off against us. Like, I hope that Le'Veon Bell just destroys the Jets. That's how much Jets fans hate the Jets. They just want Le'Veon Bell to get some get some brutal payback against them, so... Jets fans out there. Yeah, and you, you kind of hear that with, with Jets fans with Sam Darnold. It's kind of inevitable. They feel like that he's going to leave and he's going to have success for some other team. They, they, bought, they bought into him, and I think everybody loves him, but they just recognize that the Jets are just the worst place for him. And so they want him to succeed, but they know that it's going to have to be somewhere else. So, yeah, that's, that's just that's unfortunate for Jets fans. Um, I'm sure you were pretty excited to see Tua Tagovailoa see some action at the end of this game, though. I was. I mean, I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners have seen uh, the viral pictures that have, have gone over all over Instagram and Twitter with him after the game sitting alone on the on the field. And, and what's really cool is afterwards he talked about it and he was actually FaceTiming his family and just really soaking in the moment. Because as you know, last year, about I think it was 11 months ago, he had that, that hip injury that people thought might have ended his career. Or Jackson injury. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people, you know, people thought it was going to be a career ending injury and you know, 11 months later, he's he's playing in his first NFL game. So, you know what? Congratulations to you, too. I hope you have a fantastic career, and I hope that you get out of Miami quickly. Pull Josh Rosen if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a first down and 10. Rivers looking for the end zone, lunging for the catch is Jack Doyle. It's a touchdown! 14-yard grab for Doyle. And this game is tied. Colts storm back to beat the Bengals 31-27. Cincy squandered a 21-point second quarter lead and only led 24-21 by halftime. Old Man Rivers went off throwing for 371 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, this was another one of those fun games. I say fun hesitantly because it was still ugly at at times, especially for the Bengals in the second half. Uh, The Bengals were up 21-0 in the first quarter and they were looking really good. I mean, Jack Doyle had a, a fumble on their side of the field and that led to a Bengals touchdown. But watching that first half, it looked like the Bengals were just going to destroy the Colts, but Phillip Rivers turned it on, had three touchdown passes and carried Indianapolis back into it. And, and the Bengals offense really struggled after that first quarter. Joe Burrow played well, hit over 300 passing yards, but didn't have any touchdowns. He had a nice rushing touchdown. You see a lot of promise with him and kind of with the offense with Joe Mixon and some of the receivers that they have. T. Higgins had a huge day today, but they don't have a lot of talent in the important parts of their team, like offensive line. It was a close game, but kind of ugly to watch in, in parts. I think being able to come back from, especially a deficit like 21 to 0, being able to come back, it shows like the, the experience that Rivers has. Obviously, this year and last year especially, that he's been struggling with scoring and turnovers, but being able to lead your team back with the situation that they were under, I mean, Props to props to Philip Rivers on that, showing a little bit of a throwback skill that he used to have in his younger years. A little bit of a high snap. Ryan, is he going to run? No, he's going to try to dump it over the top, but he's got Julio Jones. And Julio Jones all the way in for the Atlanta touchdown. Matt Ryan pulling a little rabbit out of his hat. Atlanta not only converts on fourth down, 
They go 40 yards for the touchdown. Another choke fast from Atlanta, except this time it was the Braves after having a 3-1 to lead over the Dodgers. Atlanta Falcons, on the other hand, won for the first time in 2020, knocking off the Vikings 40-23 to after finally keeping a lead, thanks to help from Kirk Cousins, who was 24-36 for 343 yards and three touchdowns. Oh yeah, that, al- that went along with his three interceptions. Skull. How about Matt Ryan? 30-40 of 40 for 300 171 yards and four TDs. Best receiver in football, Julio Jones at 137 yards and two scores. Calvin Ridley looked awesome as he contributed as well. Well, the Vikings got shut out in this game in the first half. Kirk Cousins was atrocious. He threw three interceptions in the first half. And I don't care how good your team is, and Minnesota isn't that good, (laughs) but it's going to be so hard to overcome that many turnovers to, to begin with. The Falcons just needed something to go their way. I think somebody could say that the Falcons are such a bad second half team that it doesn't matter if you throw three interceptions in the first half, you still have a chance in the second half because the Falcons will just find a way to lose it. But it was fun looking at this at this box score, seeing that the, the Falcons scored 10 points in the first quarter, 10 points in the second quarter, 10 points in the third quarter, and 10 points in the fourth quarter, totaling 40 points for those of you with a calculator at home. And, <laughs> and, and that's kind of what they need they, they need consistency throughout their games in order to to close out those games so good for them julio jones coming back from his injury having a great game with his 137 yards and two touchdowns his big 40 yard touchdown i thought it was a great play by matt ryan when he was he was running towards the line of scrimmage he drew the defender that was guarding julio towards him and then he just lofted it over and, and julio it was just a foot race after that and so i thought that was a, a really really smart play by matt ryan i mean obviously he has the arm talent he's he's always been able to put up numbers in one of the halves <laughs> <laughs> usually the first half but that's really all you can ask from from atlanta is just to consistently score, not throw all their points in on the first half, but being able to consistently score throughout the game. Obviously, having Kirk Cousins throw three interceptions in the first half helps a lot as well. But congratulations to the Falcons for getting their first win in week six. Yeah, Matt Ryan had a great game. Statistically, he had over 350 yards and four touchdowns. And then Julio Jones came back and had a monster game, like you mentioned, with 137 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Finally, we get a win from one of our interim head coaches in Raheem Morris. It's more, more genuine that way. Adrian Peterson into the end zone for a Lions touchdown. Lions beat the Jaguars 34-16. Jaguars are on their fifth place kicker in as many games. Current kicker John Brown had never attempted a field goal at any level before Sunday's game. Enough said about the Jags roster. So congratulations to DeAndre Swift, rookie running back this year. For Detroit having a having a hundred yard plus game and two touchdowns, still Ch much better pick. But you know if I'm if I'm the if I'm I'm still pretty happy with that. Um, Jaguars defense was getting shredded on the ground. Yeah, I mean that's really the bottom line for that game. I saw that the main wide receiver for Minshew this week was, I don't even I, I I've never even heard of him before, which shows you how many offensive weapons they have over there in Jacksonville. Um, I only know DJ Chark. They had, uh, who was it? LaVisca Chenault. Keelan Cole Sr. Okay. 
Yeah, no, he's yeah. been there for a few years. Yeah, he had uh, six receptions, 143 yards, zero touchdowns. They're making it work with what they got. So obviously, they took to the, they still took the L, but I still like Gardner Minshew. I think I believe I still believe in Minshew magic. So I hope he's able to turn around and be like he was in the first two games of the season. Yeah, he's finding an uphill battle with the Jaguars defense being as bad as it is. I'm with you. He's really fun to watch. He doesn't have the the arm talent that most NFL quarterbacks have, and I think that's what's holding him back. But but his pocket awareness, the way he he feels defenders around him, he's able to move around. I think he had a rushing touchdown in this game, and he's had already had a couple this season. But he's a playmaker back there, and if he had an arm talent like Mahomes or Josh Allen, he has that kind of play style that would, that makes him really fun to watch. Well, uh, if I had my, if I had an arm talent like Josh Allen or Mahomes, I could be in the league too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I guess our listeners were laughing at that. So yeah, just ask the Raiders how their uh, how Jamarcus Russell went. I mean, he could throw sixty yards from his knees and didn't do anything for him. So <laughs> yes, he spent a lot. <laughs> Never mind. This is a family show. Yeah. Play clock winding down. We'll get the snap off. Allen launches end zone. Got a man. It's caught. Cam Sims. His first career touchdown has Washington within an extra point. Here's your game. Allen looking, stopping, pumping, throwing incomplete. The pressure got to Allen. The Giants keep the lead. Yeesh, NFC East matchup of Washington football team versus New York football Giants. Yuck. I'll just give the final. Giants get the win 20 to 19. Both are one and five. Congratulations to the Giants leaving the uh leaving the Jets as the only winless team. First win of 2020. Not that special coming against the, the Washington football team. If I'm if I'm a Washington football team fan and I'm looking at uh Kyle Allen start over Alex Smith, who just I think last week was his first time playing since like 2018. Consider ser- seriously considering having Alex Smith start, that says something about Kyle Allen. <laughs> So, um, I mean, he he did he he didn't look great in in Carolina. You know, Christian McCaffrey really carried that. The Reds or the Washington Football Team really just does not have going for them at this moment, considering they lost to the Giants. Yeah, I can't tell if if their football if the Washington Football Team likes Kyle Allen or hates Kyle Allen because they traded for him in Carolina, but then they put him behind this awful <laughs> offensive line and he just gets killed every game. I, I would like to see Alex Smith in there, but at the same time, I want him to stay healthy. I don't don't see that happening with this offensive line being such a disaster so yeah not much to say about this game just maybe they like okay. kyle allen but they like alex smith better <laughs> they're trying to keep him healthy until they get an offensive line bears go to five and one with 23 to 16 win over the carolina panthers love nick folds but are the bears five and one record suspect at best next three games versus rams saints and titans will reveal a lot all right so the bears five and one I don't know how this happened. Well, it, I don't know if you saw the post-game interview with, with Nick Foles, but he just said it's better to win ugly than lose pretty. So, you know, I can't argue with him. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he should be saying that because he was very unimpressive. He was ugly in this game. He's been ugly since he, he came into the league. I know that people just kind of joke that <laughs> that Foles is at his best when he's coming off the bench. So He's the best backup I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, that should be the the plan moving forward is just start Trubisky every game and then bring Foles in maybe after the first quarter or first couple drives or something like that because he is not 
very <laughs> fun to watch as a starter. So it's obviously the defense that's carrying this team. And it showed today because Teddy Bridgewater had two interceptions and they, they just couldn't really get anything going. And, and the Panthers have had a, a pretty solid, I would just say like above average, solid all around team this season. The Bears just had an elite defense and that just carried them through this game. Yeah, I mean, obviously knowing that the Panthers lost CMC in the, in the beginning of the year is a huge loss for them. But Mike Davis has stepped up and he's he's been able to, to do some pretty good things with the ball. I'm, I was really hoping that Bridgewater would step into, into Carolina and really, I don't know, I've always rooted for him because of the injuries and the things he's overcome and still being able to do the things yeah, that he course. did in, in New Orleans, you know? So I was really hoping that he was going to step things up and and, uh, and really tear it up in Carolina. Doing okay, but I'm really hoping that he he's able to to, to kick it up an option. I'm sure the Panthers fans are too. <laughs> yeah, well, I think both of these teams are overachieving at this point. Carolina is definitely a lot better than I expected them to be. Um, I think people were giving them a lot of excuses of why they should or could finish with the number one overall pick. They definitely exceeded expectations. And Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator, has been exceptional this season. He's already getting head talk or head coach buzz. This is a, this is his first year as calling calling plays in in the NFL. Well, that concludes our Week Six NFL we- recap. Thanks for joining us. Uh, signing out. I'm Kinlock. And I'm Staten. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.